0: How do you milk an almond? Or an oat, for that matter? I'm not sure you technically can, yet plant milks have become all the rage in the last few years. So, let me explain. Let me explain with Sean Defoe, a
1: News Talk original.
0: Don't forget to go hit subscribe wherever it is you're listening and maybe leave the show a lovely five-star review if you're feeling generous in this August week. This episode, we are looking at the charge of the Oat Brigade. And I have to admit, at the start, I am a fan. I mean, I would lose my millennial membership badge if I wasn't fond of an oat milk latte. But there are plenty of questions about plant milks, the environmental aspect, what's actually in them, are they any healthier, the cost aspect, and are they just a bit of a fad? Well, let's find out. No you know
2: what can really help you sort through these important issues? What? Orange Mocha Frappuccino! (laughs)
0: With the rise in popularity of veganism or people just trying to cut down the amount of meat and dairy they eat, plant milks have become more and more popular. Cantor World Panel showed a 40% increase in the amount of plant milk sold in January 2019 compared to the previous year, while 2021 saw an albeit slight 1% drop in the amount of cow's milk that's being consumed in Ireland. But there is an obvious question with plant milks, one for Dr. Cara Augustenberg from UCD. How do you milk an oat? (laughs)
1: I know. Milk is probably the wrong word. I mean, we should be calling these things plant juices because that's essentially, they're made the same way as we make orange juice or apple juice, which is you take your plant-based material and that can be oats or soy or almonds. So those are the three most popular, but now we're seeing other ones like spelt and hemp and uh, now potato milk apparently is going to be all the rage next year. Uh, And so you take the plant-based material and you add water. And that's essentially how you get your juice or your milk. But if you're a big food processor, of course, you're worried about shelf life. So that's when you start to add um, stabilizers to to maintain your product uh, when it goes to market. And also too, because they're trying to compete with cow's milk, they are tending to fortify with calcium or protein or vitamin D or other things to try and to, to mimic the nutritional value of cow's milk.
0: So not milked as such. And a lot of dairy farmers have a real issue with these being called plant milks at all. They think they should be called something like plant drinks instead because, well, it's not milk. And there's actually a big war going on in France at the moment over the naming of plant-based, quote-unquote, meats. The government has agreed a ban on calling plant-based proteins after meat products, so you couldn't have vegan burgers or vegan sausages or vegan steaks and so on. Instead, I suppose you'd have to call them, I don't know, plant protein tubes or something equally appetizing. But a recent court ruling has actually stopped Macron's government from doing that, for now at least, a bit of a suspension, a stay of execution on it if you like, amid concerns over the scope of the naming legislation. And back home, there's been a proliferation of fake meat and fake milk. So what kind of plant-based milks can you actually get on the market down in the supermarket? Now, the most popular, obviously, are oat, soy and almond, and they've been around for the longest. But the range of them is pretty wild. Like you can also get hemp milk, cashew milk, rice, pea, coconut, macadamia, even potato milk, which we'll get to a bit later on. But it is important to remember They're not all made equal and they don't all have the same nutritional value even as each other, let alone. Compared to cow's milk, here's Kara Augustenberg again.
1: We know that cow's milk is is considered a good source of calcium and a good source of uh, protein in particular. So if you if you want a, a plant-based milk that mimics uh, those attributes for the protein, it, it tends to be soya because that's the only plant-based milk that that naturally has about the same amount of protein as cow's milk. Uh, but for Calcium, uh, it would probably be something like almond milk, which tends to have you know similar levels of calcium. So uh, it you know really depends on what nutritional value you're trying to get from your cow's milk and 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 which plant then you you pick to kind of supplement that.
0: They can differ pretty heavily in calories as well. Oat milk isn't far off being as calorifically heavy as cow's milk, while the likes of almond and coconut have far fewer calories. But what about the tastes? I've been to the shop To get a few that I've never tried before So we're going to find out Now I brought some of the stranger milks That I could get my hands on Didn't get oat almond or soy Because I think a lot of people have probably tried those I know I've tried all of those before Almond I find quite strong Obviously quite a nutty taste I don't think it's for everybody Soy Very sweet uh, A lot sweeter than regular milk And I've got lined up in front of me uh, Three Alpro milks Cashew Hazelnut and coconut, and the first thing is they all look actually totally different. The coconut is sort of whiter than white, probably looks the most similar to actual cow's milk. Hazelnut then has this real dark nutty colour, unsurprisingly. And the cashew was sort of an an off white, sort of a grey white. That well, the cashew doesn't look the most appetising, I have to admit. So we'll give um, we'll give these a try. I'm going to start with the cashew. That's actually not bad. That's not bad at all. It's not very strong. There's a bit of a little bit of a nutty aftertaste, but that's quite nice. I'd have that again. Okay, so that's cashew. That gets a solid. Let um, me give that at eight out of ten. That's that's really quite good. We're gonna go. I'm gonna go for the coconut next actually, because I think hazelnut will be stronger and I will have more of an aftertaste. So coconut surprisingly smells very coconutty. Sort of smells like that Malibu drink, um, which brings me back. Oh well, you'd know you're drinking coconut anyway. Oh, it's like drinking a bounty, without the chocolate. And oh, yeah, I'm not so sure on that. It's okay. Um, it's passable It just does. It just gives me reminders of like the end of the celebrations tin in the second week of January. But it's passable It's not terrible. I'm going to give that a I a six. It's quite the aftertaste on that, though. I think I'm going to need some water before I try the hazelnut. Apparently, coconut is actually very nice in coffee. I wouldn't ever think it myself, but whatever way the balance between the coffee and the coconut strikes, it's it's meant to be quite nice. Finally, the hazelnut. I feel like I'm very full of milk already, but anyway, glass three. That's the, definitely the strongest taste. Oh, excuse me, I'm getting very flatulent off of these um these milks. Make of that what you will. Definitely the strongest. There's like an ever... I know I'm comparing these to chocolates, but there's ever so subtle a hint of Kinder Bueno in there. Maybe it's just because there's Hayden nothing Kinder Bueno. Yeah. Uh, perfectly okay. Uh, give it a seven. Seven out of ten. Somewhere in the middle of the two. I don't think I could drink a huge amount of that in one go. Very, very strong flavor. Very heavy. But um, they all get the pass. I wish I'd been able to get my hands on some potato milk. Although I wonder, would that have been like eating a dinner?
2: It's so damn hot. Milk was a bad choice.
0: So, there is a general sense that the plant based market is on the rise, but we don't have very accurate figures on just how many people are taking it home. But there is one place we know that those alternatives have really taken off in the coffee shop.
2: My name is Carl Purdy. I am the owner of Coffee Angel in Dublin.
0: And Okay, so bring us back to maybe the start of this. When, Because it feels like a fairly new thing to a lot of people, but when did you start noticing people were coming in and asking, can I actually get plant milk instead?
2: Probably about 10 years ago, to be honest. That was, you know, and I I mean, a lot of the the impetus for the interest in these things is, is, you know, people's ability to travel, to go to Sydney or San Francisco. And, you know, I mean, I I don't want to say we're... We're not world leaders in anything, but but certainly coffee trends we tend to pick up globally wherever they may be coming from. So, what's the ratio
0: now? Do you find is it 50-50 Do cows and oats or more cow? How do people? Uh,
2: no, no, not quite 50-50. Now it's kind of you know, I, you know, we have five locations in the city center, and and each you know each, each shop has a slightly different demographic that that kind of frequents it. So. So the percentages are slightly different. Some shops, it's, it's almost up to 40%. Um, we'll find that a lot of people have, people who may have been, you know, skinny cappuccino or latte drinkers have, have gravitated towards oat milk. But, you know, in other shops, it's kind of 15, you know, maybe 20%. But it's, it continues to grow. The demand is there.
0: Now, in a lot of coffee shops, you can go in and ask for pretty much any milk you like. But Carl and Coffee Angel have made the choice to offer only oat milk as their plant-based alternative.
2: About 10 years ago, people started asking for soy milk, uh, which which was kind of all the rage back then. Um, and, you know, if, uh, it, we weren't great fans of it for, for many reasons. It didn't taste particularly good. Um, it also had a habit of of, of splitting, so you you kind of look at it, and it would kind of look like it had gone sour, or you know, baby sick in your cup. You know, it was never a particularly attractive proposition. And then there was a, a phase of a couple of years where where almond was very popular, and you know, kind of a couple of years into almond, almond milk was, in fairness, was was pretty good. I mean, it was um, you know, it was expensive, but it was easy to work with, and. You know, whilst you could taste it was almonds, it didn't didn't overpower the the coffee flavors. I suppose oat milk from uh, for a lot of reasons. You know, I mean, it obviously tastes great. Uh, when I say it tastes great, there's there's some brands of oat milk where it feels like you're drinking a, a kind of a, a mug of porridge, uh, which which isn't ideal. So we did a lot of testing, a lot of tasting, and you know, it works. It behaves really well. It works well with coffee, so you know that would be my favorite.
0: Another aspect of the plant milk market is the environmental side. And the production of milk can be quite carbon intensive. There's been huge rows, obviously, between the government and the agriculture sector over their emission ceilings target. But plant-based milks, again, they're not uniform. For example, it takes a lot more water to grow almond trees than it does to grow oats, for example, or even soybeans.
1: Undoubtedly... Plant-based milks have far less environmental impacts.
0: Here's Kara Augustenberg again.
1: Even if you take, say, the most wa- the most water-intensive of the plant-based milks, which would be almond milk, because growing almonds requires a lot of water, uh, it's still less than half the water usage uh, of raising cows. Even in some place like Ireland, where we don't use as much water to raise our cows as places like, you know, drier places like the United States. Uh, so, so from a water point of view and from a greenhouse gas emissions point of view, uh, plant-based smokes are at least half the, the impact, if not more than half the impact of, of livestock agriculture definitely oat milk and now they're saying potato milk are, are probably the easiest and less intensive something like soy milk uh uses a lot of land to to get the amount of, of soy product uh so that from a land point of view that's a, a more invi- a greater environmental impact uh and then almond of course it's greater in terms of the water usage so it also depends on a on a location by location basis. And this is where kind of the carbon footprinting and the life cycle analysis of the environmental impact of different plant based milks compared to animal agriculture gets a little tricky because it depends on where these things are being farmed, the soil type, the inputs, how much fertilizer is being used to grow them.
0: So plant milks are better for the environment. But what about your health? We hear a lot from the anti-dairy industry about the hormones in dairy products, about them causing mucus buildup, and even potential links to cancer. The line being that cow's milk is for baby cows, not humans. And documentaries like *Cowspiracy* have made people think twice about dairy, thanks to contributions from the likes of Dr. Michael Clapper. It's baby
2: calf growth. And women eat it and it stimulates their tissues and gives women breast lumps. It makes them, the uterus get big and they get fibroids and they bleed and they get hysterectomies and they need mammograms and, and, and gives guys man boobs. This is cow's milk is the lactation secretions of a large bovine mammal who just had a baby. It's for baby calves. You know, I tell my patient, go look at the mirror. Now, do you have big ears? Do you have a tail? Are you a baby calf? If you're not, don't be eating baby calf growth fluid in in any level. There's nothing in it
3: people need.
0: Dietitian Sarah Kill was asked about the dairy discourse by Claire McKenna on Alive and Kicking recently, and it was put to her that dairy is getting a pretty bad rap.
3: And it really doesn't deserve it. Um, You know, and I mean, I could spend all day talking about the dairy. So you mentioned hormones. So in some countries, they are allowed to use hormones to produce milk, which are actually banned in the European Union. So European milk doesn't have these hormones. So, you know, it depends on where you're getting your information from. But we have huge studies across the world showing that dairy very clearly does not cause cancer. And one of the biggest studies is called EPIC, which is the European Prospective Investigation into Cancer. And they have tracked over half a million people across Europe for the last 25 years. They are looking at what foods are linked with cancer so this is where we talk about processed meat and cancer that kind of information has come out of that study a lot of the the talk about fruit and vegetables really reducing cancer has come out of this study and they have very clearly found no link between dairy and cancer with the exception of colon cancer where if you actually drink milk you get less colon cancer than people who avoid it So and that's one of many studies showing that dairy absolutely definitely doesn't cause cancer. But that is a myth I come up against time and time again um, when it comes with it. And a recent study in the States found no link with dairy and breast cancer. And they actually found, they think, a reduction in fermented dairy products and breast cancer. So, you know, there's, there's more work to be done. But, you know, some of the things that you hear about dairy, I don't know where it comes from.
0: Now, one of the big shortcomings for plant milks is the cost. As of recording this, depending on where you buy, a litre of cow's milk will cost you somewhere in the region of a euro five to a euro 40. While a litre of plant milk is much more likely to set you back between 250 and three euro at full price. So almost double the cost. Now, there's a good chance that that will come down over time as it becomes more popular and you can see some of the retailers like little and aldi offering cheaper versions but it is still a pretty hefty jump in price so to sum up plant milks are on the rise even if they're unlikely to fully overtake dairy anytime soon and there is most definitely an opportunity for dairy farmers here to take an advantage. I mean we have one of the best reputations in the world for dairy farming so if some of those producers who have all that expertise can lean on that experience to tap into the plant-based market there is a lot of opportunity. You can see some companies like Dairy Gold are doing this with a new vegan butter and a vegan cheese and I think a vegan milk coming as well. And the plant-based industry is really reacting to the market. They released a, a my cuppa tea not so long ago from Alpro, which was trying to replicate the taste of milk in your tea. Because let's be honest, whatever about coffee, but when it's in tea, the likes of oat milk, soy milk, it just it doesn't quite cut it, at least for me. It's not that good old cuppa. Berries and a little bit of milk sort of comforting on a winter day kind of feel but with something like potato milk why wouldn't Ireland be a leader in it I mean we are the island of spuds and scholars you know mashed, boiled, roasted and milk the marketing rights itself guys come on Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to hit subscribe and to share the episode far and wide. It would give us a big helping hand here in the podcast. The show was researched and presented by myself, Sean Defoe, with John Kyo as editor and Lachlan Hart on sound. I'll chat to you next week.